0: Hey, everyone. Podcast producer Sarah Thakvi here. Today, we hand the hosting duties over to the incredible Lily Schechter, chair of the Harris County Democratic Party. She's that good. Here is her conversation with Wendy Davis, who's running for Congress in 2020. Watch, you know, the impeachment hearings on TV and, you know, pretty much over the last month or so, as you all well know, D.C. has the noise from D.C. has been very loud. When you are out campaigning with everybody, is that, does that dominate your conversations or what are the issues that people in your district care about?
1: Really the primary issue that people care about in this district, which I think is true across the state and probably for most parts of the country, too, it's health care. That is the immediate concern and the immediate opportunity that people see by changing their elected office holders in Congress to be more reflective of them and their families. We in Texas, of course, are uniquely situated um, in a bad position when it comes to health care because... Our Republican governor chose not to expand Medicaid. Other Republican governors, of course, and other states around the country have made the choice to do that, understanding a couple of things. Number one, that they're leaving, um, in this instance, billions of dollars on the table that are our tax dollars that are uh, basically not coming back home to serve us. But of course, most importantly, the human consequence of that, right? And in Texas, we have not only the highest raw number of people who are uninsured, but the highest percentage of our population uninsured, including highest uninsured percentage of women and children. And I don't think it's at all unfair um, or hyperbolic to call it a crisis. It's truly a crisis here. District 21 includes not only uh, big chunks of Travis and Bear County, but also includes a lot of rural communities: Blanco County, Gillespie, Kerr County, Bandera, and Real, Kendall County. These are areas that are seeing the consequences of our failure to expand Medicaid because it's really stressed their rural hospital system. Uh, you probably know that we have the highest number of rural hospital closures in the country. And a lot of that can be pinned to the fact that we haven't given them the additional resources that we should have captured from the Affordable Care Act on their behalf.
0: How do you, you know, I think you're listening to you talk about this crisis, and it absolutely is a crisis that hasn't been addressed by the Senate. I think the Congress has tried to address it. How do you see, you know, once you get there, what's the plan to fix it?
1: Working not only with people on the Democratic side of the aisle, but across the aisle, I think this election cycle is going to be a repeat wake-up call to congressional members um, similar to what we saw in 2018, where members are being replaced because they're turning a blind eye to the failure to address what is a very dire need in their communities back home. Um, I know that this will likely occupy a big part of the conversation heading into the election cycle in November, just as it did in 2018. And I think people are going to express their uh, feelings about that in the way that they vote. And I'm hoping it's a reality check for some of our Republican members as too. I, you know, I think it's impossible to defend the fact as a Congressperson, a sitting Congressperson who currently enjoys probably the best healthcare uh, system and support of any person in the country um, to ignore the fact that there are families all over this state and all over this country who don't have that same privilege of care. Um, And it's not just a privilege, it's something that we should be fighting to afford for every single person who needs it. And I'm gonna go in there as I always have fighting hard for the people who elected me to serve them and i'm not going to be quiet about it
0: speaking of your republican opponent
1: what is your win plan for your
0: district? i don't know a ton about your district but i am assuming you have to build a coalition to win what is your plan to do that
1: Our plan to win is to speak to people and be reflective of their concerns. And I think what people understand that they're getting from Chip Roy is someone who is failing to do that in grand fashion, not just when it comes to healthcare, uh, where he stands on record as wanting to completely dismantle the Affordable Care Act, um, but also his failure to address what a lot of people are concerned about in terms of gun safety in our state and in this district, and the fact that he, along with so many other members of the Republican party, have continued to put their head in the sand and deny that we have a responsibility to make sure we're delivering a sustainable planet to our children. And it's not just what he is failing to do in terms of listening to the voices of and the concerns of the community, It's that even um, in instances where he understands what the community needs are, he's still voting in contradiction to that. So, for example, he was the single vote, as you probably know, that knocked off the $19 billion disaster relief fund uh, for the entire country. And then when it finally came back up for a vote, he still voted against it, even though $4 billion of that was much delayed help and money that Harris County and the outlying counties there needed as a consequence of Hurricane Harvey. He also was one of only three people in the entire U.S. House to vote against Fixing an unintended tax hike for military Gold Star families whose loved ones have made the ultimate sacrifice uh, for this country, throwing them into a more than 30% tax bracket where they had been at a much, much lower one. Um, And has continued to vote in the interests of pharmaceutical companies, the NRA and others who are directly fighting against what people want to see in this district. That's how we're going to beat him, because not only is he not a voice for the people who live here, but he's actually been an opposition to the things that they care about. And for us, the responsibility is just making sure that we spread the word about that, that we tell people exactly what they're getting with this particular member of Congress and that we offer a a valid um, alternative to them that they know will fight for them, regardless of whether they are Republican or Democratic voters in their past. I want to be a congressperson for everyone in this district, in this state and in this country. And I'm going to you know, fight hard to make sure that people see that about me.
0: When you're out on the campaign trail, do most people you talk to know who he is and know what he stands for?
1: A lot of people know about him because they know about the votes that he's taken in contradiction to things that matter to them. So he's gaining somewhat of a reputation in that regard. Um, There are a number of people who refer to him as Dr. No, because even when Republicans and Democrats are coming together, for example, Um, to fix this high tax rate for our military gold star families he is um, voting in, in contradiction to that and so more and more people are becoming aware of exactly what they're getting from him awesome so i gotta ask your fundraising numbers are
0: amazing
1: what's your secret a lot of hard work um and you know a lot of incredible people right what i I'm so astounded by um, and and honored and humbled by the three and seven and $10 donations that we get from people around the state and in this district who are looking for a voice and who are willing to sacrifice really hard-earned dollars in tight budgets to try to help make sure that they elect a voice to represent them. Over 80% of our donations have come from people who have given $100 or less. And that really speaks to the power of people, right? Um, Which is something that I've talked a lot about as part of this campaign, that we are a campaign driven by people, of people, for people, and we're gonna fight for the people that put us into office if I have the privilege of serving them.
0: That's incredible. Those numbers, 80%, that's, really incredible i just have a couple more questions i wanted to ask you if you don't mind i did want to ask as someone who lost a huge campaign in 2014 that was had national attention what would you say to women after they lose and i'm asking because i'm a woman but to to candidates in general who lose an election what would you
1: say to them after that and what advice would you give them I love this question. It's such an important question. Um, And I try to speak to it every time I have the privilege of speaking to a group of young women. And you probably know I started a nonprofit a few years ago called Deeds Not Words, where we train train high school and college age young women how to use their voices to impact change at the state and local level, and they've been nothing short of amazing. Um, In the last two legislative sessions, the young women that we work with have passed 25 bills into law in a legislature that's dominated by Republicans, right? And they haven't passed everything that they've worked on. But what I try to encourage them to understand is that every time we raise our hand and raise our voice and bring our presence into these halls of power, we are making change bit by bit by bit. Um, there was a beautiful editorial yesterday in the New York Times. I apologize, I cannot remember the author's name about representative John Lewis. And one of the things that he points out is that you know, we take two steps forward and one step back and we can get um, disappointed in the failure to achieve the change that we wanna see but we can't be so discouraged that we quit um, because progress is a continuing effort and it requires that each of us has the courage and the temerity to keep coming back over and over and over again to try to achieve the change that we wanna see. And you know where we stand right now in this country, as I said at the outset, we're in such a pivotal moment And if we can't step up and fight for people right now, where our planet is threatened, where they are in a crisis of healthcare, where we see a failure to appropriately support our schools and keep them safe, where we're watching seniors who can't retire with dignity and security because their pension systems aren't what they ought to be, where we see the Republican Party trying to rip away Medicare, Medicaid, and Social Security. This is a moment that demands that we fight with everything that we've got. And yes, we may have lost before, but that doesn't mean we're going away. Um, And I, I hope that I will be living an example to young women that when we don't succeed at first, we keep on trying again. One final, well, two final questions. One is if
0: someone would like to support Deeds, Not Words, how would we do that? How would we get involved? How would we support the organization?
1: Sure. Well, Deeds has chapters all over the state um, and the website for Deeds is just deedsnotwords.com. I am still on the board of deeds, but I've stepped away from any kind of a a formal paid role with the organization to run this campaign, Um, but I continue to be amazed by the young women who have stepped up and taken the reins and are advancing the vision beyond what I ever imagined it would be. Um, There's always a need for people who are willing to be a part of volunteering to help the organization, people who are willing to donate to support the costs of delivering the kind of work that we're delivering. Um, And obviously, more than anything, what we want are young women um, to follow Deeds Not Words, um, to sign up for the weekly newsletter, which is always filled with ideas for ways that they can make change um, and curates a lot of informative content for them and we want to see them signing up to be a part of our, our chapters where we will train them to show up at city council or school board or state legislative gatherings um, and to use their voices and their experiences to raise awareness and make the kind of change that only they are capable of achieving.
0: Well, I want to thank you for all of your service, for the different leadership you have shown to women all across the world, really, that you can run for office, win office, stay in that office, run again, lose, and stand up and run because you're still a fighter and keep, you are a role model to, I think, women all around that it is so important that women do stand up and have their voices heard. So I do want to thank you for that and ask you to uh, close this conversation with whatever closing statements you would like, and maybe a plug for your website for Congress.
1: Sure, so the website is wendydavisforcongress.com. Please come be a part of our community. Um, We, as I said, are a campaign of by and for people, and we'd love to have you on our team.
0: Thank you for listening to The Texas Signal. The podcast was edited by Sara Thakvi. To find out more about who we are and what we do, please visit our website at thetexasignal.com.